Hey guys, Josh Neighbors here. Part two of my conversation with Connor Jones. Coming up here, we talk about the Nationals' additions during the offseason, and then we touch once again upon some of the uh, other things, the punishment part of the MLB sign-stealing scandal. So we'll do that, and then episode three will come out tomorrow. That one's going to talk about some of the comments Davey Martinez made uh, at a Sirius XM town hall last week with Chuck Todd. It aired today on Sirius XM MLB Network Radio. I was fortunate enough to be there. Connor and I discuss some of what he said. And then also, too, we're going to react to the news of Luis Rojas being hired as the manager of the New York Mets. Um, we discussed in the last episode that Tim Bogar, the bench coach for the Nationals, could be a candidate. They decided to go and promote from within. Uh, the Mets did by hiring Rojas, who was a quality control coach with them last season. So Connor and I will discuss the implications for that, keeping Bogar and what it could mean now that the uh, a division opponent of the Nationals does have a manager now. So enjoy this podcast. It's a short one, but a good one. And um, look for tomorrow's uh, Friday. It should be out on Friday morning as well, too. So two podcasts and a 24-hour span. We hope you enjoy. So that, that kind of brings us to the additions. I want your two favorite additions of the offseason. There's a lot of them. There, there's, I counted earlier, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, I believe, if I count Sean Doolittle. Yeah. So the two I'm going to go with are one, Eric Thames from an offensive perspective. Losing Rendon, you've got to find some offense from somewhere. And I think he's a guy that can do that for you. He has serious power. Really, he's probably going to be a Matt Adams that's an upgraded version of Matt Adams for this team. <laughs> You'd hope so. Can't get much worse. Yeah, Matt Adams – He well, Matt Adams did well for the Nats for a while, and then he obviously right. got cold yes, down the stretch. If you look at what Eric Thames has done in Milwaukee, he's really provided some outstanding offense for them. And I believe he took Max Scherzer deep in the wild card game in Nats Park last year. So I'm sure Nats fans would like to see more of that on, on their side of things in that ballpark this year. But Thames offensively provides us something you need at first base. And the second one I'm going to go with is actually the losing pitcher in Game 7 of the World Series. Sometimes people forget how outstanding Will Harris was for the Astros because of that pitch, which in all reality wasn't even that bad of a pitch, just outstanding hitting from Howie Kendrick there. But Will Harris, you hope that he can anchor that bullpen, and you didn't even have to lose Daniel Hudson to get him. So you add Will Harris to the mix with Hudson, Doolittle, and then you have guys like Tanner Rainey and Wander Suero who certainly have the talent. There's a lot of options down there that that you should hopefully feel good about going forward and try and avoid what happened in 2019. Two least favorite. Uh, and this, this includes players that are re-signing as well, too. So this is every Nats uh, uh, addition plus, um, you know, I guess retention, you, you would say it. Um, I'm just go through them really fast. It was Wilmer Defoe, Hunter Strickland, Kyle Finnegan, Howie Kendrick, Jan Gomes, Strasburg, Guerra, Abad, Castro, Hernandez, Harris, Cabrera, Doolittle. Um, those are the guys I have on my list. So out of those guys, the two that you are least excited about. Yeah, I'd say Hunter Strickland's a concern. Yeah, I uh, would agree with that. Hunter Strickland uh, was a guy that he throws the fastball down the middle of the plate pretty often. He did have some injury issues, so there's hope that that could go better. But Hunter Strickland's a guy that obviously needs to take a step forward if he's going to positively contribute to this team in, in 2020. Another one similar to that, you'd like to see, uh, you hope that as Dribble Cabrera 
uh, that's one that is potentially concerning just of his his age and what position are they going to ask him to play? Are they going to ask him to play second? Are they going to ask him to play third? That sort of thing. It it is Drupal's age. He's obviously not as athletic as he used to be. At the same time, as Drupal did come come through big time for the Nats down the stretch last year during that push to get a wild card spot in August and September. So without him, are the Nats even in the wild card game? I'm not 100% sure. But those are the guys where you hope that they either can maintain that level of play or can bounce back after a rough 2019. I think we we got to hit the most interesting one, and I think it's Starlin Castro by far. Um, he's going to be slated to play second base for the Nationals. They get him on a two-year, $12 million contract. Obviously a guy with a lot of history as a, as a top prospect and has been on a few teams now, and I think he comes to a winning culture, and that tends to bring the best out of players, right? You see a lot of times where a guy just kind of needed the right fit for him to take off, and uh, places that are winning, used to winning, and don't tolerate losing really well, typically do those guys a pretty good service. Do you agree? You think this is a great fit for Castro? Because I think he's going to be right at home in Nats Park. Yeah, players like Castro seem to take a step forward when they get to the Nats. A lot of players in general that I follow across Major League Baseball and they get to D.C., they seem to thrive. And I think it has to do with the culture, the expectation of winning. I mean, a lot of that stuff just rejuvenates players. Castro coming over from Miami, he's going to get a chance to play probably every day at second base as well as compete for a playoff spot. So I'm sure he's going to be excited about that. His second half of the year last year was outstanding. He got on the launch angle bandwagon there. And that should be a good match with Kevin Long, I think, the hitting coach for the Nats. So hopefully those mm-hmm. two will mesh well together. And the final thing with Starlin Castro is that Davey Martinez has seen him before as a bench coach with the Chicago Cubs. So I think you know, if you're bringing in Starlo, or Starlin, excuse me, and Davey Martinez is signing off on it, he obviously feels good about having that guy around the clubhouse, coming in on a defending champion, and then being an everyday guy for him. We got a, a question from one of our, uh, our good friends and a, a fan of the, of the now new pod, Jake Johnson, where he basically said, uh, Mr. Johnson implied, hey, should the Astros get the death penalty? And obviously he means that tongue-in-cheek, but I think it kind of opens up a good, um, a good space to talk about what is like the correct punishment for, for when these things happen. Obviously, scope matters, but when you know when you – okay, let's, let's say, for instance, the players, the coaches, everybody is involved in this. Right, this is top you know, it's top down cheating. This is a this is an operation. It is a uh, you know, it's it's a machine basically. What is an appropriate punishment? What you know, how can you punish a professional sports franchise? It's not like they're a college. You can't you know give them any uh, recruiting sanctions. Maybe money is a place where you could go. Um, you know, taking away a roster spot maybe, but but then at that point you might be you know risking some players' health. How do you punish a professional sports franchise? Especially when the league office, you know, they are adherent to the ownership of these teams. They're the ones, you know, who really have a a lot to do with, you know, uh, what happens. So it's kind of a weird situation, right? How do you punish uh, professional sports franchises? Yeah, good question there, asked in a unique way. Um, You know, death penalty, obviously, is a unique term term. in in professional sports. We're uh, talking potential losses of scholarships here. Um, 
But in all seriousness, with the Astros situation, it's hard to answer that question without knowing exactly what happened. But I can throw a few things out there, one of which is losing international signing money. That hurts you. You know, Obviously, your farm system, that's a legitimate punishment. Draft, draft picks, what they lost, are another one. So I think punishing the franchise is kind of not the toughest thing in the world necessarily because you kind of have an idea, like institutionally, what you need to do there. What it gets about tough the players? when you're talking about the individuals. Right. If the stuff about the buzzers is true and the MLB has evidence that Altuve and Bregman were involved in that, I think that incredibly long suspensions there are very valid punishments. I think that that's, that would warrant a year-long suspension at least, if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've it's seen... worse, in my opinion, it's worse than steroids. Like Steroids, look, they help you and. In... It's a way of cheating, but it's, it's helping out physically. This is like deliberate in-game cheating of like, you know, X's and O's, you know, like, you know, it's kind of deflating football type stuff. If you want to use analogy, you know, from another sport, like it's, you know, it's putting sand in, you know, or, or uh, materials in your boxing gloves to make them heavier. You know what I mean? This, this stuff is uh, to me, and I'm somebody who doesn't really, you know, I, I, the doping stuff is a different conversation, but like, this is worse than that. This is this is deliberate, and it's it's much better advantage, I believe. You know, because the doping, it's still on you to go out and perform. To me, this is much worse. This is much worse. And a good point was made by Alex Wood, Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher, saying, "If I have to pick between a guy yep. using steroids or a guy no knowing what pitch I'm going to throw, I'll take him using steroids every yeah. time." Which you don't really think about it that way. I guess pitchers do, but when he said that, I read that, and I was like, you know, Alex has a point here, because if you're a pitcher, steroids is one thing, obviously cheating, obviously a problem, in my opinion. If we're talking about this, that seems to be even more of a competitive advantage if you know what the pitcher's throwing. So if that's the case, and we already have punishments instituted for steroids i think the punishment here needs to be legitimate and severe because if it's not guys across major league baseball are going to take it into their own hands there's going to be some problems during houston astros games next season if alex or if uh, alex bregman and jose altuve are out there and that's without any further evidence or not because in the the court of public opinion there's going to be a lot of guys in clubhouses across the league that for one reason or another they're believing that it, and and we've seen that from reactions from players. And I think that at some point, if the MLB doesn't step in and, and find that evidence, guys are going to say, well, I'll take it into my own hands. Completely agree with you. Yeah, I, I think there's, Astros games this year are going to be like must-watch television. I, I think, you know, they're going to have some road games where it's just going to be, I mean, complete and utter bloodbaths in terms of the players, you know, what's being said to them, and uh, which is something that we haven't had to deal with. I, mean, I can't think of the last time that a team was – is going to be this much uh, disliked this much across the league, which makes for fantastic theater, if we're being honest. Like, this is going to be – this makes it more fun. It's sad it's coming to this, but, like, I, I mean, I would be lying to you if I'm not going to watch more Astros games because of it. Yeah, I remember being in Nationals Park during the World Series when Roberto Zuna entered the baseball game for the first time, and that reaction was, was – Right. He was met with – a lot of anger and booing from the crowd and which he should be which he should which be. obviously you know what he did and that reaction is going to be expected from opposing fans across the league and also this might, were, worse. this might be worse because correct me if i'm wrong here you know if you feel differently baseball fans are a bit more especially the hardcores a bit more particular about how their sport is carried out and conducted and played like this is like this is like an affront to baseball fans 
I feel like in a way. Yeah, and it's a lot of it. The affront to baseball fans was that the Astros signed him, and then they have their general manager say that it well, that, could that be a bad. potential good thing for domestic violence because this will get the conversation going. Right. And I mean, that's, I mean, an, that's an insult to people's intelligence to say that. But I mean, on the baseball side of things, like the cheating, like the fans are going to take that more personally, I think, on, on a larger scale. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I'm going off of my personal experience in the, the ballpark during that game, the reaction that he was met with there. I'm just thinking that that's obviously a completely different situation, but it's one where you're going to expect opposing fans to meet the opposing player and that the opposing franchise uh, negatively. And I think you're certainly going to see that this year because there's the Astros are are enemy number one across Major League Baseball right now. Connor, thank you. You and I will do another podcast tomorrow night. Uh, we will discuss what Davey Martinez says. Uh, he had some things to say at a serious XM town hall, and also he spoke with reporters there as well, too. We'll discuss some of his comments, the third base situation uh, for the Nationals, because that is what everybody is talking about. And then uh, we'll really tackle those two things. So the, the, the sit-down he had with Chuck Todd and Sirius XM MLB Network, as well as the third base situation because both go hand in hand and it's always good to hear from skipper that brought you a world series championship his first comments really at length to the fans and in general of the offseason you can find connor on twitter it's at connor jones with 757 or 756 756 connor jones on twitter at 75 uh, at connor jones 756 i am on twitter at josh neighbors underscore want to let you guys know you can also send in questions uh, at jneighbors0 at gmail.com. That's J-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-S-0 at gmail.com. And also, if you want to leave a message about what we've been talking about, other things to discuss as well, too, it's 804-316-6353. That's 804-316-6353. We want to hear from you, the fan. Get your feedback. Connor, thank you for taking time here on this, on this uh, beautiful Monday evening.